It's not just good conversation, it's your voice on the weekends. Weekends with Kenny Rahmeyer on News Radio KLBJ. You know, I rarely agree with you on your subjects very much, but this time I do. Oh, yeah, you're great. I don't understand what all the fuss is about. Everything you just said in the last five minutes all tied together. Come on, talk to me. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon to you. I was all set to talk about several different topics with you this afternoon. Unfortunately, a war breaks out in the Middle East. And so this weekend, sadly, it's been all Israeli war all the time. So we'll talk about it with you for a little while this afternoon, right here on News Radio KLBT, live and local for you this Sunday afternoon. At least one Austin City Council member has weighed in, if you can call it that. We'll have that for you. And some other news as well. Another Texas legislature special session due to start tomorrow. There were protests at the Capitol building yesterday. We've got some presidential politics for you and a whole lot more on this Sunday afternoon. I'm Kenny Rahlmeyer. Thanks a lot for being with us on the weekends here on KLBJ. And as we start this afternoon talking about the latest developments over in Israel... Some breaking news from the Wall Street Journal. Two things. Number one, the journal reports that Iran has helped Hamas plot these attacks for weeks. And number two, the Wall Street Journal reports that at least four Americans have been killed. Now, this is breaking news because just a little bit earlier today, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was on CNN's State of the Union program, and he was talking about, yeah, we've got some reports that several Americans were killed, maybe taken hostages, but uh, that's still uncertain at this point, and they're still checking it out. Here's uh, Secretary Blinken on CNN this morning. We have reports that Several uh, Americans may be among the dead. We are very actively working to verify those reports. Similarly, we've seen reports about, um, about hostages, and there again, we're very actively trying to verify them uh, and uh, nail that down. And so no confirmation about these Wall Street Journal reports. I got to say, the Biden administration response, a little bit squishy at best, Because on CNN, same program, Secretary Blinken seemed to be somewhat in denial that Iran might have been behind all this. Here's uh, Blinken again on that. So there's a long relationship between uh, Iran and, and Hamas. In fact, Hamas wouldn't be Hamas without the support that it's gotten over many years from Iran. We haven't yet seen direct evidence that Iran was behind this particular attack or involved, but... The, the support over many years is clear. understand the administration wants to be careful about what they say at this point, but if the Wall Street Journal is leading with the story and they're standing by their story that Iran helped plot these attacks on Israel for weeks, wouldn't our 
U.S. government have some of that same information? Congressman Michael McCall from Texas, he was on the same CNN program. And in response to what Secretary Blinken had to say, McCall said, quote, we do know that Iran was behind this, end quote. But he didn't specify whether he was talking about the specific information on this weekend's attack or just Iran's historic support of Hamas in general. McCall is uh, the chairman of the Committee on Foreign Affairs. He sits on the Homeland Security Committee. I like to think he knows a little bit of what he's talking about, right? And when I said the administration's response was was kind of squishy at best, here's a little bit of what I'm talking about. We just heard Secretary Blinken moments ago saying, well, we're not sure if Iran is behind this at all. U.S. Senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, was out today blasting the administration's initial response. This was uh, um, a response put out there on, on Twitter, and it said, we unequivocally condemn the attack of Hamas terrorists and the loss of life that has occurred. Went on to say, we urge all sides to refrain from violence and retaliatory attacks. Terror and violence solve nothing. Now, that tweet was promptly deleted, but uh, U.S. Senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, jumped in and said, anybody and everybody involved in our government that had anything to do with that tweet should be fired. You got to wonder, why do they put something like that out there and then immediately pull it back, right? And so another thing that, that leads me to, to wonder if, if we don't have a squishy response at best is Secretary of um, State Blinken on CNN was, you know, kind of implying with this next statement, this next clip, that we're all over this. We're, we're highly engaged in the Mideast. We got it all covered. But then right behind that, you're going to hear some comments from the uh, National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, who was just being interviewed by The Atlantic about nine days ago. So just, just try to compare and contrast what Blinken is saying about how we're all over it in the Mideast. We got things covered. And, and Secretary uh, Jake Sullivan's comments as well, NSA Advisor uh, Sullivan. Just listen to these two clips and see what you make of this. The entire government has been engaged throughout the region and well beyond, both to uh, build support for Israel and to make sure that every country was using whatever means it has, whatever influence it has, to pull Hamas back and also to make sure that we don't see um, conflict erupt in other areas. For now, the Iranian attacks against U.S. forces have stopped. Our presence in Iraq is stable. I emphasize for now because all of that can change. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Whew. How things can change in nine days. The Mideast is quieter today than it has been in decades. Nine days later, Israel declares war on Hamas. 
512-836-0590. You can give us a call or send us a text here on KLBJ. I'm no foreign policy expert here, just trying to react like many of you are to this news that we woke up to early yesterday morning and how the rapid series of events continue to unfold even as we're uh, going on air this afternoon, live and local for you on KLBJ. Again, the breaking news right before we got started this afternoon, the Wall Street Journal reporting that Iran has been helping Hamas plan these attacks on Israel for weeks. And the Journal also reporting that at least four Americans have been killed. We're just getting started. Lots more to talk about. Hope you can join us here. 512-836-0590. Give us a call or send us a text right here on KLBJ. And Kenny Rawmeyer back with you live and local on this Sunday afternoon. Thanks a lot for being with us on KLBJ. We can't ignore the the big story that has captured uh, the attention all over the world about Israel now declaring war on Hamas. Trey Yinkst, a Fox News reporter who has done just a tremendous job not only uh, covering the war in Ukraine, but he's now all over this one. I don't think the guy slept in two days. He had posted on Twitter just moments ago that Hamas says that they're targeting Ben-Gurion Airport in Israel. The sirens are sounding outside of Tel Aviv. And the Fox reporting now that explosions are seen in Tel Aviv, which is in the northern part of Israel, I believe, and also in central Israel. A lot of the attacks were along the Gaza Strip and in, in southern Israel, and now appears it's uh, broadening out a little bit. A lot has been made today, and really ever since this started yesterday, about that $6 billion that the Biden administration recently gave to Iran as a part of a deal to, uh, to get some American captives back, right? That wasn't that long ago. The uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, when this was brought up, uh, was, was rejecting any notion that any of that money was, was bankrolling Hamas attack and, and clarified, and by the way, it's not U.S. taxpayer dollars either. And so this was, as I said, the $6 billion was in frozen Iranian oil revenue in exchange for those five Americans. It seems to me many in the media and others are getting way too hung up on on just the details of the $6 billion. I mean, they're saying, okay, no way the $6 billion has been used to support this attack. Even uh, the Fox uh, Pentagon reporter, Jennifer Griffin, was reporting as much, uh, saying that uh, the $6 billion is currently held in a Qatari bank account with U.S. Treasury oversight. She says that's what she's told. And the money, the $6 billion, came from Iranian oil sales to South Korea, didn't include any U.S. taxpayer dollars. All right, that may all be true, but are we are we just going to be oblivious to, all right, if that $6 billion wasn't used, is it likely that it's going to be used by the same bad guys on down the road? We could probably 
agree on that, couldn't we? And if we want to get hung up on that $6 billion and say, all right, let's just put that aside for the moment. Let's say that had no part whatsoever in what's going on over the weekend here. Isn't it plausible that the hundreds of millions of dollars that have been given to Iran over, as Jennifer Griffin reports from Fox, several administrations, what comes to mind for me is the $1.7 billion given to Iran back during the Obama administration. I, I don't know why we're getting so hung up on is it current money or is it past money that the United States has given to the bad guys. It's pretty well acknowledged that it's being used for nefarious purposes. Right? And so I couldn't, couldn't any reasonable people give an honest assessment and conclude that at least part of the, the massive amounts of money that we've given to Iran over the years are financing some of these terrorist attacks against Americans and, and most probably against Israel over this weekend. Couldn't we reasonably conclude that? Again, I'm no foreign policy expert. You just try to connect the dots a little bit. You look how worked up the administration is, is getting over pushing back on that $6 billion. I mean, that tells me they're pretty defensive about, they know they got snookered $6 billion for the five Americans. And yet they struck a deal. And I'm going to go back to a comment I made a little bit earlier about the squishy response from the administration so far on all this. Now, I've got more about what we're prepared to do and uh, I guess what we're planning to do. But just historically, take a look at the Biden administration. The Wall Street Journal reported back in 2021, not long after President Biden got in office, that Biden plans to limit the use of economic and financial sanctions against Iran. It's reported the Biden administration has failed to enforce oil sanctions against Iran. And a little further back, April of 2021, the Biden administration restarted humanitarian aid to Palestine, 235 some million dollars. Former President Trump had canceled that assistance program three years earlier. So, yeah, I think the Biden administration's response is pretty squishy. I think it's tentative. I agree with some of those, like the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, and others. I'm paraphrasing here, but in as much said, connect the dots here. You don't think Putin is laughing at what's going on here? You think Putin had any conversations with anybody in Iran about what was going on here? You think all of this is just coincidence? After a disastrous Afghanistan pullout, you take a look at what Putin's doing, Russia and Ukraine, on President Biden's watch, and now this. Doesn't it stand to reason to think that our enemies, our adversaries, know that old Joe in the White House is, you know, sitting out on the, uh, the front porch there, sipping oatmeal through a straw, 
while all this other stuff is going on all around the world. If you see it differently, be glad to hear from you. 512-836-0590 here on KLBJ. I mentioned several times about the squishy response. Okay, let's take a look at what we are doing. The administration is planning to announce military aid for the war in Israel against Hamas. Israel expected to go on a massive counteroffensive in the Gaza Strip could take several weeks, according to the experts, would likely need a lot of additional U.S. military assistance. Fox reporter Jennifer Griffin reports that there are roughly $2 billion of, of weapons pre-positioned in Israel that Israel would be likely to use. It's reported that the United States is working to fulfill several specific requests from Israel. Maybe those requests came out of two phone calls that President Biden reportedly has had with Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu. Spoke with him at least twice this weekend. We also know that the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announced earlier today the Pentagon is sending ships and aircraft closer to Israel. The aircraft carrier USS Gerald R. Ford, uh, a big uh, cruiser, USS Normandy, and several destroyers moving into the eastern Mediterranean Sea there. He's also taken steps, reportedly, to augment U.S. Air Force F-35s, F-15s, F-16s, and A-10 fighter aircraft squadrons in the region. So, a lot going on. It's not like the administration of the United States just sitting back and, and waiting to see what happens. But you got to question, why is all this stuff going on under President Biden's watch? Just coincidence? I don't think so. As far as that $6 billion is concerned, of course, it's, it's fodder for all of those Republicans running for president, including the former governor from South Carolina, Nikki Haley. She's also former U.N. ambassador. Here's some of what she had to say on NBC about that $6 billion. To think that they're not moving money around is irresponsible to say that to the American people. They are moving money around to threaten those they hate. They hate Israel. They hate America. They are going to continue to use this. It was wrong to release the $6 billion. All right, so there you have it. Just one of, of several of the Republican candidates who piled on. Former President Trump, I think, was the first to do it yesterday, and the Biden administration immediately pushed back on, on Trump's claims. But again, don't get hung up on, was it the last $6 billion or the hundreds of millions and billions that we've given to Iran, the, the, the Palestine refugees, right? Everybody's been saying how fungible the money is. We could agree with that, right? And we could agree that a lot of that money is probably being spent for all the wrong reasons here. And we're seeing a lot of evidence of that unfold in Israel this weekend. A couple other uh, points here. What's, what's going on in our country with respect to all of this? CNBC reports it's not just the United States, but all around the world. Crude oil prices could see a spike tomorrow. The overall impact of this attack on Israel could be limited, according to energy experts. 
They said both Israel and Palestine are not major oil players, but, of course, the conflict's right there in the huge oil-producing region, so that kind of makes it a wild card, right? I mentioned an Austin City Council member has weighed in all this. We'll talk about that and a lot more coming up on KLBJ. And Kenny Rawmeyer back with you on this Sunday afternoon. Thanks for being with us on the weekends here on KLBJ. So far, it's been uh, all about what's going on in the Mideast. Huge news story with so many geopolitical implications for the United States and, and the world. All that developing this weekend. If you just joined us, a couple of breaking news items from the Wall Street Journal as we went on air today. First, that journal is reporting that Iran has been helping Hamas plan these attacks for weeks. Journal also reports that at least four Americans have been killed. The Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, had said, we've heard reports of Americans killed, hostages being taken, still trying to verify all that, so nothing definitive from the U.S. government on that. I mentioned right before the news break that several of the Republican presidential wannabes were all piling on this big news item and and kind of putting their various spin on it. I got to say that uh, the former Vice President Mike Pence, I think, interesting that he not only piled on the Biden administration, but took some shots at his former boss, former President Trump, and some of the other candidates for the positions they've taken on world geopolitics so far in the campaign and what role the United States is going to play in all that. And I think Pence is bringing up what's sure to be one of the critical components of this presidential campaign. We've seen a little bit of it already, not only those out on the campaign trail talking about whether more U.S. dollars should be going to Ukraine to help them in the war against Russia or not. That's spilling over in Congress as well. A lot of division in the Senate, in the House, on whether we should still be sending money to Ukraine. The American people. Let's remember seeing of um, surveys or polls taken right before the weekend that uh, American support for sending more money to Ukraine has has been fading. I think from around May, it was something like 45% said we should still do that. Here in the late September, about 41%. So, again, you got to know the likes of Putin and others see those kind of poll numbers, see the squabbling going back and forth between the politicians. Do we send more money? Do we not? Now, that's not necessarily been the case when it comes to Israel, right? In fact, I've seen virtually unanimous support. Any politician that's found a camera or a microphone has said, we stand behind Israel. And, and you know, so much criticism about how we give in blank checks to the Ukrainians. Talk about a blank check. It sounds like Israel could, could pretty much say, here's what we want, and, and they'd have it. Now, Obviously, there are some differences. Most members of Congress probably don't have a lot of Ukrainians back home in their home districts, right? A lot of the same politicians probably do have 
a lot of constituents of the Jewish faith. And of course, America has had tremendous support for Israel from the get-go. Back in uh, whenever, was it Harry Truman that, that first recognized the state of Israel when he was president? And our support with them and for them has been rock solid ever since. But let me get to these comments from former Vice President Mike Pence, who I think, again, has kind of crystallized a big issue for this country and for all of the Republican and Democrat presidential wannabes. Maybe that's just President Biden. Maybe there's others, right? And maybe on the independent side, too. We'll get to that in a moment on the independence. But here's uh, Pence on CNN earlier this morning. That disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan has emboldened the enemies of freedom around the world. And now war is raging uh, in Eastern Europe. And, and President Joe Biden's kowtowing for the last two and a half years to the mullahs in Iran, lifting sanctions, begging them to get back in the Iran nuclear deal, and then uh, paying $6 billion in a ransom uh, for hostages, I, I think set the conditions uh, for this unprecedented terrorist attack uh, by Hamas against Israel. But I also believe this is what happens when we have leading voices like Donald Trump, Vivek Ramswamy, and Ron DeSantis signaling retreat from America's role as leader of the free world. I, look, uh, that what happened in Ukraine was an unprovoked invasion by Russia. What happened this weekend was an unprovoked invasion by Hamas uh, into Israel. Uh, and I really believe now more than ever, uh, both uh, the debate within the Republican Party and the debate within America, is whether or not we're, we're going to once again stand without apology as the leader of the free world, as the arsenal of democracy. The heartbreaking images coming out of both of these theaters of operations remind us that uh, America is the indispensable leader uh, of the free world. And if I'm president of the United States, we'll lead from American strength. There you have it. United States, indispensable leader of the free world. That's certainly a position we've had for many years, right? Much to the dismay of, of many Americans over time. Afghanistan, the Vietnam War, right? You could just go back and, and pick a conflict, a war, whatever you call them, that we've been involved in. And one thing is pretty consistent when they're protracted, when they go on and on and on, seemingly with no end point, the support in the United States begins to fade. Clearly, it seems to me the adversaries, our enemies, are counting on that, are banking on that, leveraging that sentiment. But what do you think? Is, is what Pence just said there about the United States being the arsenal of democracy, the indispensable leader of the free world. Are we going to continue to take that position? Or when it comes to the likes of Russia in Ukraine, the likes of Hamas in Israel, who knows if Hezbollah, well, the other big group of terrorists, right? In Lebanon, are they going to start getting involved? And can, can this thing be contained in any way? It sounds like 
Israel, based on what they've said, based on the threats that have been made, it's going to be all out against Hamas at this point. And we know that there are some politicians, I think I heard a senator from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, say something to the effect that the United States, depending on how this plays out, should take the war right to Iran and and take out some of those uh, big refineries in Iran, which is the lifeblood of, of their economy. Let's face it, right? 512-836-0590. You can give us a call or send us a text here on KLBJ. Appreciate the text coming in. Can't read all, I, I read all of them, can't use all of them on the air, but appreciate the comments coming in. And uh, Mark's calling in this afternoon on KLBJ. Hello, Mark. Good afternoon, Ken. Glad to hear your voice there. Thank so, you. <clears throat> I think what Trump showed us is that keeping the bad guys around the world in line didn't necessarily mean full-scale kind of war. Okay, it didn't mean um, wasting and wasting money and uh, um, cronyism and all that kind of stuff. He used financial, economic power against Russia and China and all these others. So I think he came up with a new way, but only he understands that. I think uh, he's a business person. He knew how to put financial pressure and cut people off from their sources of income so they could not wage war. Um, and so you're bringing up kind of, well, Pence is saying we shouldn't be isolationist, but at the same time, we shouldn't be trying to get involved um, everywhere with human lives, our human lives at stake. There are other ways to do it, and I think Trump showed that. Well, I mentioned earlier, don't know if you heard this, that uh, Trump, this has been several years ago, he withdrew some financial support for, for Palestine, for Palestinian refugees. The Biden administration started that humanitarian aid back up, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And the other thing that you're talking about, the financial pressures and that, I think we've seen the Biden administration has dialed back enforcing the sanctions on Iran, on their oil shipments and all of that. But the thing that Trump had going for him, my opinion, is he was a total wild card. Let's face it. I don't, I don't think most Americans knew what he was going to do next. And I'm guessing <laughs> most people on the world stage didn't know either. And I I think that worked in his favor as as bombastic and... And uh, crazy, as as so many people thought he was, probably still do. I'm just saying I, I think that trait about him kept a lot of people, friends and enemies, guessing. And that worked in his favor. What do you think of that? Well, I think that's absolutely true. And here's the main problem. Do you see any other potential United States leader that can do that? <laughs> no, I I would say they're the mo that they would like to project would be something other than that. And in fact, you know, just like Pence, I mean, he didn't leave any any doubt as to what 
position mm-hmm. he would take on this, right? right? We'd be doing a lot more for Ukraine. And, you know, I'm critical of the Biden administration in Ukraine to the extent that they've seemingly been supplying Ukraine just enough not to lose, but not necessarily to win it. And I think that's been a big flaw in their strategy up to this point. Well, I think that is a message to Austin and Travis County. And since you are, um, you go all around the world, that's a message to the world. I think if you want some peace, I think you know who you need to vote for. We've seen the proof. You've seen the proof out there, people. I think the choice is clear. Thanks for calling in this afternoon. I mentioned at the start of the show, an Austin City Council member has weighed in on all this, if you can call it that. I guess in the social media, at some point over the weekend, Zoe Quadri said something to the effect that, uh, you know, what's going on over in Israel, it's horrible. He said what's happening in Israel and Palestine. And he said it's a human rights issue. Valid statements, I suppose, right? But apparently, I don't, I don't pay a lot of attention to social media, right? Almost none. But apparently there was a fair amount of blowback that he received over those comments. Because later, on Twitter, he posted, What's it like being a Muslim elected? Islamophobia is alive and well in America 2023. <laughs> and I thought, good job, Councilman Quadri, for making a Mideast worldwide geopolitical event all about you. What's up with that? Pretty worthless, in my opinion. 512-836-0590. If you'd like to join us, we're going to move on to some other news. After one last story, this was unfolding in New York City. Democratic Socialists of America holding pro-Palestinian rallies in Times Square today. Democratic Socialists of America, you might remember that organization. At one time, they supported one of your former Austin City Council members. Now he's one of your members of Congress representing the state of Texas. Greg Kassar, right? And there are a handful current members of Congress, names that you would recognize, let's just say the squad, that have the support of Democratic Socialist of America. Talk about worthless. 512-836-0590. We come right back. The latest of what's going on at the legislature starting tomorrow, right here on KLBJ. And Kenny Rommeyer, back with you live and local this afternoon on KLBJ. Glad to have you with us. I mentioned the Texas legislatures getting ready for special session number three. Maybe third time will be the charm on whatever we're going to call it, whether it's uh, education freedom, school vouchers, education savings accounts, I think is what the governor's calling it. That's, it's got to be one of the top priorities, right? Really interested to see if anything comes out of that. Of course, border security is, uh, is on the table. Obviously interested to see what more comes out of that. In fact, uh, Lieutenant Governor 
Dan Patrick was quoted about uh, some of what's going on with with all the money that uh, Texas has spent on national security on the border out of our state coffers and, and what should be done about that. Here's uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick talking about that. Cut seven, Garrett. You talk about the $6 billion that Iran received from the Biden administration, and, you know, that was, you know, and it sounds like a big number. Think about our big number, $4 billion yeah. of our own money. We've calculated it. We're, we're somewhere over, you know, $13, 14000000000 billion of securing, securing the border for our safety and America's safety. We shouldn't have to spend that. Yeah, we shouldn't have to spend that. And who knows how much more, right, they're going to come up with as they talk about border security in this coming special session. I guess one of the other things, really interested to see where this goes, is Colony Ridge, right? You're familiar with this? This is this development that's um, backed by one of the owners, at least, a major donor to the Texas governor, Greg Abbott. It's uh, apparently started up 10 years ago now home to 40,000-some people or more, plans to more than double in size. Just heard from the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick. He apparently took a helicopter tour of Colony Ridge last month, said it appeared to be growing with, quote, unprecedented speed, end quote, and could reach 100,000 residents over the next 10 years. So given that one of the owners, at least, is a major backer of Texas Governor Greg Abbott and it's reported to uh, who knows how many migrants are there and it's certainly reported that a large part of the population is Hispanic but how many are legal how many are not right I, I don't know be interesting to see what's going to come out of all of that speaking of immigration got to like this huge story in the Washington Post this weekend it says for months after the White House officials spoke in victorious tones about an unexpected plunge in illegal migration, President Biden is now once again under growing pressure to address the surge in border crossings. Shows no sign of slowing down, and the most notable criticism coming from members of his own party. Here's the uh, Illinois Governor Pritzker. And New York City Mayor Adams talking about all this. Cut six. We're providing shelter as best we can and providing for the needs of these folks arriving in Chicago. Uh, and as I say, we're a welcoming state and, and we understand the humanitarian crisis that we're addressing. Mm -hmm. But we can't address this all by ourselves and we need help from the White House. What we need is logistical support, that is help uh, deciding where these folks ought to go because they can't all go to Chicago and New York uh, and D.C. They need to go uh, in places where uh, there's even more help to offer. Okay, well, meantime, they're coming your way in Chicago, in D.C., in New York City, and elsewhere. I saw this opinion piece out of the L.A. Times. L.A. Times, certainly one of those big newspapers, usually very friendly to the Biden administration. Here's the headline. The Biden administration has been dedicating a significant amount of its time 
to its prickly ally and neighbor to the south, Mexico. But it's not working. Very lengthy piece. We'll have time to go into it this afternoon, but that's the kind of headlines you don't normally see. Not sure if all this is going to lead to a breaking point. With this administration, 23% of Americans say they don't approve of what he's doing relative to immigration. 62% disapprove. That's the latest Washington Post ABC News poll, but that seems to make no difference to him whatsoever. With all this breaking news out of the Mideast, really wonder if uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. expected to announce he's going to be an independent candidate for president. Supposedly tomorrow, you just wonder if all this news is going to uh, force a postponement of that announcement. I mean, let's face it, that it's going to have a hard time getting above the noise level of what's going on over in Israel. I have found it pretty interesting, though, that both the Biden camp and the Trump camp are aggressively working to, to stop any third-party independent presidential runs. The Biden camp, certainly Kennedy and the no-labels crowd, and the Trump campaign apparently concerned some of the polling showing that uh, Kennedy could hurt some of Trump's position in this race going forward. So we'll see how that plays out. I got to end up with a couple of stories here. I hope I don't see these in Austin. Sometimes you see stuff going on elsewhere around the country and you go, "Uh uh-oh, here it comes. In New York City, months away from introducing the first zone-based tolling program, which means you're going to pay 9 to $23 to get into the central business district in a personal car. I could see Austin latching on to that big time. And then nationwide, these e-bike share programs. I think we have bike share programs here in Austin, right? But e-bike share programs, look out. It's happening coast to coast, thinking it might come here too. Out of time this afternoon, thanks to Garrett for an excellent job this afternoon. Thanks to you for listening. Plan on being back with you next weekend. As always, the latest news coming up next.